0: Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. Wow. We've had a lot of rain. We're out of town in Orlando, but the rain gauges over there is not the same kind of rain gauges you have over here. It's just different. I I came back in the town, Sharon and I thought, good Lord, have mercy. Somebody has been getting wet here in Polk County. Places that you ordinarily uh, see that just doesn't have water, there's water there now. So I just want to say a great big thank you to those of you that prayed for rain. God answered your prayer. We have some other things that we'd like to present to you to pray about. And uh, if we could, maybe those things that come to pass and, and you could help us out with that. Tonight's message uh, will speak to every heart. Uh, if you're a breathing individual and you're paying any attention at all, and you really, really say, God, you've heard people say, oh, the best is yet to come. And uh, But I, I want to live in the here and now. How about you? I, w- I want what God has now, but I also want God, you know, if we're sustained tomorrow, we're looking for uh, greater things uh, tomorrow in our spiritual walk with God. And so the message is entitled, Be Secure with Purpose. Chuck Swindoll said, and I quote, 10% is the reality of life, and 90% is our reaction to life what he's saying, as you understand it, 10% is the part of proactive, that we wake up and say, we're going to make it, uh, we, uh, we, we uh, plan out, we have that vision, we have that dream. He said, life's 10% of that. He said 90% of life every day is is reaction, constant reaction, reacting to that phone call, reacting to that bill, reacting to that disappointment, reacting to that traffic jam, and reacting to that traffic jam, and on and on and on. He said 90% is reaction. In other words, most people spend more time reacting to life than they do being proactive to the life that they have. You see, we ask the question in all of our lives, maybe every day or once in a while, we ought to ask, do I lead my life? And that's not without exception of the Lord, of course. Do I lead my life or do I allow the events of my life to lead me? Do I allow the events of my life to lead me or or do I plan, pray, seek God's face, lead my life? And we know that life is a gift of God. You ought to try doing without it, friend. I'm here to tell you life is a gift from the Lord. It's a true treasure. So here's what we're finding in our text and scripture tonight to inspire all of us, including all of you out there. It's this, we should live every day with zeal. How do you feel about that? Every day with excitement, this is the day the Lord has made. Every day with anxious anticipation, God, what are you going to do through me today? And every day with a divine purpose in our lives. God, I'm not afraid because I know where I am going. You see, we know that the only way your life can be extinguished is for God to decide to say, life as you know it on this earth is over. That's what happened to my friend Vic last night at about 10 o'clock. God said, your life is over. Well, God has gifted those of us who are believers. He's given us hope. How many have hope? May I see your hand? Hope. I have hope that no matter what happens, my hope is in the Lord. And if you have hope, you also have confidence. You don't have to be downtrodden. You have the confidence to know that I know that whatever God plans and happens is is for my good. And I have security. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to shake and tremble. And not only that, I have divine access to the supernatural power and presence of God. Abiding in me is the person of the Spirit of the living God, and God can intervene for me supernaturally when I turn to Him for help and guidance. How do you feel about that? And with all of that, you think about it, how are there so many people in the world who are lost who are confused, who are lonely, who are frustrated, who are hopeless, who are dreamless. And unfortunately, there are far too many Christians that fall into that same category. Well, I know what the answer is. And I know because of the illustration of our Scripture, it's because that most people have not taken charge of their future taking charge of the fact with God this is where we're going to go in a lot of areas. We, we are chosen and we know that and called by God. Our life is not an accident. It just did not happen. As we listen to God's Word through the writing of Joshua, He speaks to our heart and our life. And you remember that? Here it is. I'll recite it. Joshua 1. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written within it, then you will be prosperous and successful. What is the connection? Lean on the Word of God. Lean not to your own understanding. Trust God. Devour the Word. Let it bleed into your life. So here's what we know. The example is Joseph. It's real simple with a different twist on it. One, have a dream. Have a dream. Say that with me. Have a dream. Genesis 37:5. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Wow. Hated him even more. The first step to taking charge of a future that looks dim and difficult is to, in fact, take charge of the here and now. Joseph, our example. He was Jacob's youngest son. He was the favorite son. He was secure and handsome. He was passionate. He was a dreamer. He had a dream that was from God. My mother is in the rehab center. I called today. Someone was there, uh, one of my uh, sisters, and, and she was there. And when I called, I said, how's mom doing? And She was, she's doing, you know, she's rehabbing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I heard my mother say, who is it, you know? She said, mama, it's your favorite child. Well, who is that? It's your favorite child, mama. It's your favorite child. Who do you say that is? And she called my younger brother's name. It must be Johnny. which is true, no doubt about it. It didn't bother me at all. I just hung the phone up. <laughs> no, I leaned on the fact that she hallucinates sometime. And that's why she's there. You, get, you have to, get this with me for a moment. Now you're, 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 you're looking at a pastor. I try to be as transparent. Sharon and I have been engaged in ministry Our our whole life. But, buddy, I I know what it is to have sleepless nights because I had to face a circumstance the next day that you just knew was going to be a bear. But I can also tell you that a lot of times that I didn't sleep concerned about that circumstance that I was, was going to be a bear, that when it was all over, I kicked myself in the posterior saying, I don't know why I thought it was going to be a bear. That turned out so easily and so beautifully. God, look what you did. And I spent a sleepless night. I I want you to know that I know we all go through that. Every believer ought to have some kind of a plan, some kind of vision. God, what, what am I going to be? You know, I asked one of my grandchildren who is in the process of graduating from high school this year, what are, what are you going to do? Or in college, you know, what, what degree are you taking? Well, this degree is what? And you know, it's this, this, and this. And I said, well, here's my question. Where's that degree going to take you? I don't know. I thought you're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars to the university, to get a degree, and you don't know where that degree is going to take you, you and I cannot live life a valuable possession and live it recklessly. Is everyone with me? And live it recklessly. We have to have that divine goal, that idea, and determine what that future looks like. There are also some goals that we ought to have as it relates to spiritual maturity. One, hey, God, my future is I'm going to draw closer to you. One of the things you're going to hear in the message Sunday morning, it is this, that Christian atheists, which is an oxymoron, as you understand, those that, that say, oh, yeah, I love God, and I'm this, and I'm that. And then if they come to church, they go out and live like the devil. The bottom line is they want to be able to say, yes, I know him, but they do not want to fall in love with him and draw closer to God. Have you noticed the closer to God you get, the farther sin gets away from you? Have you noticed that? And develop spiritual maturity. I want to. I've got to study. I want to. I want to read spiritual books. I want. I want to read the Bible. I want to be involved in in ministry. I want to go. I want to develop myself. God, this spirit man that is within me will sustain me when my human nature lets me down. Other issues can be the desires for the here and now. God, I've got a goal. I want a better salary. I, not only that, I want a better position. I want a better house or a better car or more education. Why, brother, you shouldn't even say that. No Christian ought to want a better salary. I'm telling you, I don't believe that. The better salary you get, the more tithe you've got. I want all of you to get a raise in Jesus' name. Amen? You know I'm playing with you and kidding a little bit. The other thing that all dreams and goals Ought to be in two categories, short-term and long-term. What's the short-term goal? What is the long-term goal? And we know that there are some things in your life, a dream, a goal, a vision, that ought to have a precedent, priority, you know, and importance and value. When someone has a vision, here's what happens. You have a purpose. You have hope you have motivation to go after it. You have the opportunity to experience passion. When you have that together, I counsel with people all the time. Sometimes they go through seasons that are weak, seasons in which it's not falling together, seasons in which they doubt God's existence, seasons that they feel like that God has let them down and and god hasn't shown up for them they they go through that often they'll see me in the hallway or call in and come in for for an appointment and i'll i'll just kind of ramp them up a little bit and say you know god's not forsaken you because we hit those moments of time here's what i know one of the times one of the times when i was god was speaking in my heart about leaving the pastorate um, there in uh, in uh, Mulberry to go to the district headquarters, um, I, I loved my pastorate there. We had finished a building program, and things were going great. Uh, people were coming in in droves. The church was filled up. The new sanctuary in the old sanctuary and a little community residential area people were parking in the yard around that church there were no lawns they were all yards uh, and people parking there and constant complaints finally when we we built and we got god was just smiling and then the opportunity to come to say come over to the headquarters office and be the administrative assistant to the superintendent and development director and build the family conference center and, and raise money to build it and all of that. I, I really wrestled over that. I thought, God, uh, why, don't, why don't you just speak to me clearly? Tell me something. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is, is often God reveals his plan at a particular season, but we have to be willing To sacrifice something to get the clarity that comes through God's action toward us. So as many of you have heard, I got up about an hour earlier every morning and um, I said, God, here I am. I'm up. I need to hear from you. I I want a voice. I I want something. I'm I'm leaving something that I know what I have over here. And I like what I have over here. To go over here to the unknown. That is a brand new position that no one has tried or tested. And I've got a family, if if you don't remember. And I fasted. And the time to say yes or no was coming up. And in that Saturday, Friday night, the Holy Spirit just, God came. I had a dream, and that I saw Jesus. He was at the end of the bed. He spoke to me. I spoke to him and said, what about this? What about this? What about this? What am I going to do about it? I wasn't awake, but it was as real. It was as real as real could be. And when I awakened that morning, I knew I'd had an encounter with God. And when I awakened, I got up because I had to go to the church And I'm I'm here to tell you that in 48 hours, the three things that I was concerned about was met and taken care of miraculously. And here's what I knew. I needed something going forward to the future, traveling in a car, 25 to 30,000 miles a year. That's a lot of mileage in one year. 25 to 30,000 miles a year. Coming in late, late at night with a family. And all that went with it, I knew there would be times. And I can tell you many times coming out of Miami or from Jacksonville or Daytona. Or over in Clearwater, long drives out of Key West back to Lakeland. Late, late, late at night. I would think I'm so tired. I'm so weary. And here's what I remember. I remembered that night that I could put my hand on that and say, I know that I know that I know that God showed up in that bedroom. And so devil, anything else that you're trying to feed me right now, anything you're trying to tell me to discourage me, Anything you're trying to do to keep me off focus, anything you're trying to do to make me weary in well-doing, I rebuke you because I know what happened on that Friday night. And I know that in 48 hours, it worked out. And that became the standard and guide where I could hang my hat. Amen? Joseph had the dream for his future that one day he'd be a leader and a position of authority over his brothers. And be prosperous and greatly blessed. Here's one of the things I share with you. To succeed, one must be willing to fail. You're never going to have forward progress. If you think before you take a step of forward progress, you should have everything figured out. There were so many things about that particular position that I did not have figured out. That's called a step of faith. There are many times that you may change jobs. There are many times that you may make decisions as it relates to your family or your business. There may be times that you say, God, I know I'm going to respond. This is the will of God for me. But friend, you will never have success if you remain unwilling to fail. You have to exercise faith, and for that success, that failure may or may not happen, but you won't ever know till you get out there and take charge of your future, and it begins by you deciding, God, whatever it is, I know that I know that I have heard from you. You see, life, your future, tomorrow, no matter what your age is, is a blank canvas waiting for you to make it come to life and if you're willing to pay the price, it will, even now in your life. Second thing, sometimes you feel lonely, lonely, lonely. When you're out walking, sometimes there's not going to be anybody walking along with you. Sometimes you're going to be solely responsible for making the final decision. Sometimes you're going to say, wow, I just thought there'd be a group of people that would stay right here with me. Genesis 40, verse 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. He just forgot him. Wow. Unbelievable. You see, having and pursuing the dream or that vision will place you into an elite group that most people, remember, 90% are responding to life, 10% are actually making life happen. Most people do not have a purpose as to why they even exist. And when you pursue that vision and that dream, it will become evident to others. People know when you don't have your head screwed on straight. Did you know it? They know it. They know when you are shooting in the dark. But people also know People also know those individuals that are secure and believe that they have something going with God and their relationship with God is positive. Why? Because you get around them, they're going to talk about what's going to happen. They're going to visualize it. They're going to be willing to sacrifice for it. They're going to suffer because of it if it's necessary, and they're going to develop it every single day. They're going to be their own cheerleader. And when Joseph told his brothers about his dream, they responded this way, tried to kill him. They were jealous. They became bitter, and they became angry. And when you have a dream as a believer, not only will others resist you, the enemy of your soul will fight you. It'll fight you. It's unbelievable. The time we're building this building... Steel prices, this building has a lot of steel in it. The girders that supports that balcony are cantilevered uh, steel beams out in the front there that have the strength to be able to put up so we don't have posts underneath them. How many notice there are no posts under there holding them up? Because the beams there are, are super strong and big enough to manage that weight. And when that happened, we get a call at Emerge in Akron, Ohio, a mental health center. Hey, the cost of the steel has gone up. You're not going to be able to keep going with construction. You're going to have to 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 wall up the outer office areas and around the building And it'll look good just in that hallway right outside there, but you won't be able to do the other. It's a good thing I was at a mental health center. I thought, I can't crash. I'm the vice president. And I sat down with Dan. We drank coffee. All right, big boy. Well, what do you have up your sleeve? I don't know, Pastor. This is what he always says it's your church. Your church. Now, here's what happens when something like that happens you begin to doubt every decision that you made about that project. You begin to doubt, was it God? But see, when you're that far out, it's going to cost you. You begin to doubt, wow. I must have been off my rocker. But when I went to prayer and I said, God, we're going to come up with a solution that will get us by. In other words, it wasn't, we're not going to make it. It wasn't, oh God, we're going to to shut her down. It wasn't, we're going to tuck and run. I'm going to resign and leave town. It was, we're going to figure it out. The best way we can. And when you know it, in the midst of all that, someone came by with about, I don't know, $1.3 or $4 million and wrote the check and said, Here, you can finish it out. I'm suggesting to you that when you live a life, of forward progress on your job. Don't let your job shake you up. Don't let other individuals shake you up. We know that they became angry and tried to kill Joseph. You have to stand strong. Joseph was sold as a slave. Well, God, is this what you wanted? Sent to Egypt, accused of rape. Is this what you wanted? Placed in prison. Is this what you wanted? And then he was there for years, and then the cupbearer was his only person that could help him, and he forgot him. Wow, unbelievable. But he maintained a strong resolve. Fulfilling your dreams can be very lonely because sometimes you're walking by yourself, and sometimes it's like being on a roller coaster. You got success and fail, won there, lost there. High and low emotions, acceptance and rejected, pleasure and pain. Joseph knew all those things. And then let me say this, and I want you to register this or write it down. You will never be happy anywhere until you get happy where you are. Don't expect moving, changing jobs, losing money making money you got to make your mind up you're never going to be happy anywhere until you get happy right where you are and happiness is an inside job you see these experiences separate those who truly are committed to their dreams and those that are not that's the arena where the person behind the dream is tested many fail because they quit they they give up they stop and sometimes the only person that believes in you is you but it always helps when you have an experience like i shared with you i know all the pressure but i know that jesus walked in my room and he spoke to me for you it might be your salvation i know where i was I know that I was lost, I know I was wretched, I know I was so sinful, but I remember the day Jesus reached down and touched my life and changed me forever. Can you say amen? You see, we don't close our eyes when conflict hits. No dream will ever be a reality without risk. No dream, without some risk. Number three, Reality captures the future. Reality captures the future. Genesis 41, 44, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'm Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all of Egypt. Say that again for me, brother Pharaoh. What did you just say? I said, listen, without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. Oh, wow. It started with Joseph dreaming and being sold as a slave. That's how he started. The alternative to being sold as a slave was being killed. And he experienced the loneliness and rejection from his family, his friends, and his foes. But this is one thing that Joseph never lost. He never lost that visitation of God's Spirit when he gave him his dream. I'm asking you, go back to something that God has done in your life when you began to shake. Go back to something that you can know that you know. I know a lot of things that happened, but buddy, I know that right there happened. And I'm hanging my hat on that by the grace of God. 30 years of age, he's second in command. We know that. He's second only to Pharaoh. He has his signet ring of authority, dressed in fine clothing. And no one lifts a hand or a foot without his word to do it. And Joseph, because of his dedicated effort of fulfilling what God placed on his heart, he saved Egypt from a major famine because he never lost. He never ran. He never got weary. He stood strong. He wasn't shaken by what was happening right now. He had his eyes on something better. And so may may many forsake uh, the pursuit of their dreams and, and leave. But then there are those, if you stay true and God begins to fulfill blessing and favor in your life, did you know there are those that might have criticized you before? They want to run and jump on your wagon. Hello? They do. And you know what I say? hey. Come on and get on board. Everybody likes to go with a winner. Are you with me? You, my friend, are the individual that can make a difference for you and your family, you and those around you. What about those who rejected Joseph when he was dreaming? One day his brothers bowed down asking for grain and Joseph did not despise them. He forgave them. Do you know why? He saw it already in his dream. He said, I'm now seeing, after all these years, what God showed me. That's why I tell people, don't give up on your kids that are lost. See them as saved. Don't give up on family members that are are difficult to deal with. Just see them reconciled and see them saved. Don't give up on what dream you might have occupationally and in your business. Don't give that up. Stand and say, by the grace and the will of God, we will, in fact, make it through in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. in the weariness of your life and in the challenges of the pressure that you face even now. And when the head of financial adversity and the head of painful relationships lift themselves up against you, speak to them in the name of Almighty God. Declare to them that they are defeated and they do not represent your present reality. For your present reality has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And there is power in his name. Amen. Father, we thank you for a gift in the operation of the Spirit. It's talk, Paul talks about in Corinthians. And Lord, we just test that. We believe it uplifts. We receive it. And we simply... Place it in your hands, and we declare victory in Christ's name. In Jesus' name, amen. When Sharon and I left the church in Mulberry, coming to the district, we lived in a house that was, um, we rented because of the church, but we needed to buy a house. And we had given the majority of our money, savings, just, well, all of it, to the church building program. I mean, if you're going to be all in, be all in. Amen. And so we'd built a building and we just gave it all. Well, when it came time, when it came time to buy a house, how many of you know that they usually like a down payment? Hello? Hello? Now, I'm saying to God, they need a down payment. They're going to need a down payment. We don't have it now. and We gave everything to the building program. So anyway, we're praying and Sharon is saying, you know, she's a woman of faith. But what what are we going to do? It's going to happen. So I got the newspaper down and I, that day, in devotions at the district office i got the newspaper down and i mapped out several places that we're going to see here 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 and here and here they're going to look at these places right here devotions i said i'm going to ask all of you to pray because today sharon and i are going to be leaving in a few minutes and we're going to go find and buy a house today you are yeah we are. That's what's going to happen. We got in the car. That was before you had GPS and, and whatever else. And we just kind of rode and I, I couldn't find a place. Just looking, at looking what 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 is this? So I stopped by a real estate office right there off, off Cleveland Heights, I guess. And pulled in there, and I thought, surely they they know this part of town. Somebody will be in there that can tell me where this address is. And I walked in, and when I walked in, there stood a lady. Oh, Pastor Blackburn, how are you doing? Wow, you came to my office. I'm standing there thinking, "Uh, hey, take it while it goes. Yeah, you know. Hey, I have a problem. I did something that every man hates to do. I said, I'm lost. I know where I'm at, but I don't know where I'm going. I need help. What are you looking for? I'm looking for a house. She said, I got just the house for you. I'm thinking, sure you do. You know? She said, it's brand new. Really? Where is it at? It's in a new development on 540 out there. I said, well... She said, I'll take you there right now. I told Sharon, well, we're on this rapid trail. We turned in this new development down the main street, back in the back to the cul-de-sac. Smack in the middle of the cul-de-sac was a home that the minute we laid eyes on it, we knew that that home had been built about 10 months before then. And the builder was now ready to sell it. And I knew, God, you preserved that house just for us. We went in it, and it was more than we could ask for as far as a home. This is it. The builder was there. We found out, and uh, he met with us. And he said, Well, this is what we're asking, but we'll sell it to you for this. I said, We don't have a lot of money for a down payment. I I just couldn't bring myself to say, listen, George, we don't have any money for a down payment. You know, he said, don't worry about it. I'll work it out so you can pay me a little bit, whatever you can afford over the next year. Can you do that? I said, sign us up. Few days later, we're moving in our brand new house. All because God knew that we were humble and seeking his will. You said, Well, Pastor, that kind of stuff happens to you, but it never happens to me. Well, get out there in the lane. Make yourself vulnerable. Get out there and begin to run, and when you get out there and begin to run, let me just tell you something. You might freak out, but here's what I know. God's been running that road a long time and already knows what he needs to do in and through you. Amen? Would you stand? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the abundance of your blessing here tonight. I need your help. I need you now, Holy Spirit, to speak to Every person in this room, every person that's online, God, and some of them may be worried about God stretching their finances or, or endeavoring to add space to make a little more money into their family income, God. Uh, but, but here's what I know is it will happen. You're going to meet every need of every family, of every person in this room and anyone that might listens to this message in the future let it be inspirational holy spirit of god by the power of god and just in case there might be some listening online or here tonight that's not right with god you can't have god's favor living a mishap life you can if you just pay attention and ask for forgiveness so just in case i'm going to ask everybody to repeat this prayer would you do that dear jesus please forgive me I am sorry, I have sinned, and I ask you to come into my heart. Redeem me by the power of your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I'm gonna ask you now, we're gonna worship here for a few moments. If God's spoken to you, and right now, here's what God's doing. You might need to step out and get in the lane And bring yourself down here and say God I'm going to trust you for something that is unbelievable something you've been speaking to my heart about and I'm gonna get out there and put my best foot forward because I've got a dream and I believe it's going to come to pass so whatever you choose to do no pressure no push You need to be led right now by the Spirit of God. As we worship, you come on down and then we'll give the benediction in just a moment. Here we go, everybody. Let's see what God will do. Come on, friend, don't wait. Surrender if you're a single adult, this is your moment, friend. I surrender. All. Oh, I surrender all. Lift your hands and let's surrender to the Lord in our hearts. father i thank you for this group here tonight every person listening online we heard the word of god that word of god is powerful it is it is food for our spirit that does not diminish it is a light under our path it is an inspiration in the midst of weariness Let it awaken us to take hold of that which we know that is available through the blood and the spirit of Jesus Christ. Let it be so and we claim it now. Bring healing to every person who needs healing tonight. And God, let our spirit begin to ramp up as we come in here on Sunday morning ready to worship you once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do not forget Sunday night. Sunday night, we pray for students, we pray for teachers, we pray for administrators. There is something about the anointing, and I pray that you'll come. Bring your grandkids, and let's enjoy it together. God bless everybody.